It's not just religion. It's not just church. It's God inhabiting the praises of his people. He is here where two or more are gathered, as the Bible says, in my name. I am there in the midst. He's here with us today. Amen? Amen. We're not just going to church to check off our to-do list for the week. We're here to give him praise, to give him glory, to give him honor that he is due. He is worthy of it. He is worthy of it. And we're here to receive from him teaching. We're here to take in, to experience the fullness of God in his spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit. God desires that we grow up in him. Do you know that? It's his desire that we produce fruit as a tree would produce fruit, as a grapevine would produce fruit, as a strawberry plant would produce fruit. If the plant or the tree doesn't produce fruit as it is supposed to, then it's useless. Okay? And in the same way, we are expected, and it's God's desire as our Heavenly Father for us to produce fruit and to mature in our faith. That's never an easy thing. Have you ever known someone that even though they are an adult, they still act like children? Okay? Nobody pointing fingers. Okay? We don't want to go there. But we, we've all seen people that are, are kind of act immature when, when they should be acting older, you know? And, and in our faith, it's much the same. It's much the same. We are expected not to stay in the same place. We are expected to grow, to mature, to produce fruit. And as it says in Matthew 28, the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Amen? Making disciples. So in a sense, we are making disciple makers. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah? Right? We, if those of us who have had children or those of us who were children, I'm pretty sure most of you were, when we're babies, we drink milk or formula, right? And then as we are able, as we grow older and stronger and our bodies are able to handle it, we begin to take some baby food or things like that, you know? And um, many of you have seen the mothers as they're feeding their children. They're like, mm, I like that, you know? <laughs> and they're kind of coaxing the child how to take in the food. But, so then we will progress from milk or formula onto uh, a mushy sort of food, right? And then from there, there's another step. They'll go to a different stage where uh, the food is a little bit more chunky, right? And then from there, they'll go on to some solid food, 
right, as the baby is able to. And we, in our spiritual lives, in our faith, are much the same. We start out as young, as new believers. And we are drinking spiritual milk, if you will, okay? Because at the time, that's all that we can handle, that spiritual milk. And then, as time progresses, and as we continue to put ourselves in places where we are able to receive teaching from God, such as church or Bible study or youth group and so on and so forth, little by little, we are able to understand, to comprehend, and to take in a little bit more spiritual depth. Do you understand what I'm saying? And little by little, we begin to grow. And along those lines, in our lives, we experience adversity. We experience some difficult things in our lives. And as we persevere through those things, never easy, never pleasant, but necessary nonetheless, God stretches our faith makes us stronger as if we were in the fitness room working out, pumping iron. Yeah! (laughs) Pumping iron, getting strong. Yeah? Our spirits get strong when they are stretched, when they're worked in times of difficulty. Amen? Amen? And little by little, we grow up in the faith. Amen? Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain. Now listen to what he says. Because you are slow to learn. Slow to learn. Now many of you people have seen and experienced people that are slow to learn. Wives, no elbowing your husbands. We've all experienced that, and maybe it's us, right? We are slow to learn. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. So instead of moving forward in our faith, instead of growing, we're, he's saying that these people are still in the same place they were. They're not moving. They're not progressing. They're not growing. You need milk, not solid food. You know what he's saying? You're a bunch of babies. You're a bunch of babies. You ought to be able to handle more than this by now. How long have you been a Christian? How long have you been active in your faith? And yet you're still... You're still going over the same stuff. The same stuff is still tripping you up. Yeah? After a while, tripping over the same rock, we ought to get used to where that rock might be and how to get around it, wouldn't you say? But sometimes in our faith, the same stuff keeps tripping us up. The same temptations keep tripping us up. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk 
being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, now there is a qualifying phrase right there, by constant use, okay? But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Okay? So by constant use, we train ourselves in the faith. We train ourselves in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And our spirit is stronger. Our faith is stronger. We need to graduate from milk to solid food. We need to be able to handle more spiritually. And Paul even says that by now you should be teachers. You have been a Christian. You've been a follower of Jesus now for so such a long time. You ought to be teaching, and yet you are still in the place you were years ago, and you need to be taught. We can't allow ourselves to stay, to remain in the same place. We've got to continue to move forward. We've got to continue to grow, to take in nourishment, and to put ourselves in a place where we are able to grow. It's really easy to take in a Sunday morning service and then get home, and everything returns back to the place it was the prior week, okay? Instead of employing or putting into action what we learned from the Word of God, okay? And so we are to put those things to use in our own lives, in our families' lives. When we go to work, wherever we go, we are to apply these things to our lives to make us more like Christ himself. Down a little further, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Now listen to this. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to what? Maturity. To go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. We don't, we've already laid that foundation. We already get that stuff. We already understand. Okay, now let's move on to the deeper things in Christ. Let's press in closer. Okay? Yeah, we're coming to church now on a regular basis. That's awesome. That's a great place to start. But it doesn't end there. There's an application of the Word of God into our own lives. And that's when transformation begins, as we begin to take in the Word of God and apply it to our lives, apply it to the way that we live. And little by little, the things that we used to do aren't so important anymore. The things that we used to need to get by, we don't need them anymore. Because why? We have Christ our Lord, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's why. The things that we needed, that we depended on to get us through, we don't need anymore 
because God has transformed our minds. We have strength in his Holy Spirit. And by the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we are free. And the Bible says that when we are free in Jesus, (laughs) we are free indeed. We are free indeed. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying out of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. God permitting, we will do so. Would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1? A few books back. Verses 15 through 23. Now this is Paul, and he's, he's kind of praying a prayer over the Ephesians and bringing into focus what God wants to bring out of them. What God expects. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now listen, he says, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may do what? May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So that you may know him better. Isn't that the goal? To know Christ in his fullness? Not just parts of it, not just pieces of it, not just in church or prayer meeting or Bible study, but to know him fully as we are fully known that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's like revealing himself to you so that you may know him better. Verse 8, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Enlightened means help you understand better, help you to learn better. That you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and, listen to this, his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him, from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above the rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Paul sometimes gets on a rant a little bit. You ever notice that? He gets fired up. Verse 22, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul is praying that these people in Ephesus will come to understand Christ fully, that they may know him better. 
Over in chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may do what? Strengthen you with power through his, whole, through his spirit in your inner being. so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, okay? Now, established, you've been there a while. You're you're fairly strong. You're rooted. You're established in love that you may have power together with all the saints to grasp. Now, listen to this, that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. There it is again. That we as the saints should take in and take on the fullness of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The fullness of God. That Christ, a few things that he mentions here that strengthen you through his spirit. Number two, that Christ would dwell in our hearts. Number three, that we would be rooted and established in love. Four, that we would have the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That we would know this love that surpasses all knowledge. And last, to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God himself. Let's go to chapter 4 in Ephesians. Verses 13 through 15. Paul's trying to say something here, wouldn't you say? Verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. Taking on the full measure of the fullness of Christ. Friends, we, we need to grow up in our faith. We need to mature and to graduate from milk spiritual milk, we need to progress on to the point to where we are able to take in solid food. I want to read from uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Now listen. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may what? You don't stay there. You don't stay, keep drinking in that spiritual milk. You graduate. You, as he says, grow up in your salvation. In verse 3, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Grow up. Continue to move forward. And then in chapter 3, verse 18 um, this will be uh, Second Peter, 
chapter 3, verse 18. It says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. God expects us to grow. He expects us to progress and to eventually put away the childish things when we first came to know Christ. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians, if you want to turn there with me, chapter 13, verse 8, says, Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Now listen. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. And he he goes on. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man... I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. We need to put the childish things away, dissension, hatred, malice, and be united in love, serving each other in love, genuine caring for each other, love. Over and over, Jesus mentions that. And the greatest, he says, there's some really great things, but knowledge will pass away, and this will pa- prophecy will pass away, and all these things. But love will remain. Love will last. Love will outlast them all. In chapter 14, verse 20, it says, Brothers, stop thinking like children. (laughs) You can't get any more direct than that. Brothers, stop acting like children. Stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, be innocent. But in your thinking, be adults. Stop thinking like children, he says. How about that? John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Now, he, Jesus paints a picture here. Some of you here are artists. And Jesus paints a a picture, if you will. He says, I am the true vine, in verse 1, chapter 15, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it it will be even more fruitful. Okay? So in this vine... If there is a part of it that is not producing fruit, that part gets cut off and is thrown away. But the parts that are producing fruit, they're pruned back. All the little suckers, they call them, the little tiny things that grow off of the vine that suck all of the life and the growth out of the plant itself, 
that, keep it, that will keep it from producing fruit. Those things are cut off and they're thrown away. So that this vine, this tree, and so forth become very, very fruitful. It will produce even more fruit. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now listen to this. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Do you understand what he's saying? If we are apart from Jesus, we won't bear fruit. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, they're thrown into the fire, and they're burned. They're not, they're useless. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Notice how he qualifies that statement. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, I think oftentimes we get tripped up by this verse. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Well, I would like me a pink Cadillac. Okay? (laughs) So, Lord, because of what you said, I want a pink Cadillac. And I would like it next week. Okay? It doesn't mean that. Notice how everything else before and after is talking about remaining in him. If we remain in him, we're taking on the fullness of Christ. We're taking up nutrients from Christ. We're attached to the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. And so what that's saying is not that we can ask for a pink Cadillac, though that's not necessarily wrong, but that's not what it's saying here, okay? It's saying that you will ask for anything in line with being attached to me, okay? Anything in line with the Spirit's wishes, with my will. You can ask any of those things, and because it's going to bring glory to my Father, I'm going to give it to you. You understand? So whatever you need to show yourselves as my disciples, that I'm going to give you. Remain in me over and over. Remain in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. A grapevine produces grapes. A cherry tree produces cherries. Well, what would our fruit look like? What, if we are trees, if we are in the vine of Christ Jesus, what does fruit look like on us? What is he trying to bring forth? What is he pruning us for? What's he cutting off that he wants to produce in us? Well, funny you should ask. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. 
So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live by the Spirit. Stay connected to me. Stay connected to the vine. Don't disconnect yourself, because as as we learn in John, apart from me, you can do nothing. You won't produce any fruit. What is the sinful nature? He says, stay in me, and you won't keep doing the things of the sinful nature. You won't keep gratifying the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature. There is a war going on inside of you. We all know it. We all feel it. It is a spiritual war. Ourself wants to gratify, to give in to the things that please ourselves, our sinful nature. But our spirit wars against that part of us, and so there is a constant battle. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want to do. How many of you know that? How many of you know that you don't want to give in to sin? You don't want to give in to temptation, but sometimes you just do. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is talking the law and the prophets. In verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and he goes into them and he explains them. In case we didn't know, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, this lawless, do whatever you feel like, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Now he's getting more and more specific to stuff that you wouldn't think is all that big of a deal. You know, it's not like high on your sin priority chart. You know what I mean? But he's going, he's going, fits of rage. Come on, really? Is that that bad? Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envying, really drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He says, listen now, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who continue is is the implication here. Those who continue to live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen, verse 22, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, so now we're talking about the fruit that God wants to bring out of us, this maturity, this fruit that he's pruning in us, trying to bring out more and more and more and make us more effective, more fruitful in our faith. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. In the American language, there's just one word that is used for so many th- different things. I love donuts. I love donuts, but I love my wife. It's not the same thing at all. It's not the same thing at all. The fruit of the Spirit is love, loving one another as a servant's heart, serving each other, loving each other in in an agape sort of love, that unconditional, like I love you, even though you're a jerk sometimes, because Christ first loved me. And if he loved me that way, 
How can I not love you that way? It's that kind of a love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Joy. That just seems so unimportant. But it's vital. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We are not a people to be walking around with our faces toward the ground. Last week we talked about being a chicken or an eagle. What are you? A chicken or an eagle? You know? And we don't need to keep walking around with our faces to the ground and we're so sad and downtrodden and depressed. That is not what God wants for you at all. That's not it. He wants you to soar like the eagles do. He wants you to rise above your circumstances. He did not create you to scratch on the ground like a chicken. He created you to soar like the eagles, to represent him. Hallelujah. Joy in spite of of adversity, joy, happiness, contentment in spite of your situations. You can be happy. You can be happy. And that's what God wants for you to be. Peace in the midst of the storms of life. Patience, kindness. These are all fruits that God wants to bring out of us. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says, against these things, there is no law. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Praise the Lord. 